Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. This is a place where we share how love can transform negative emotions and pain into strength. We talk about all things related to love, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Hi there, my name is Corinne Kamara, and I am the host of the Infinite Love Podcast. Welcome to episode three, From Emotional Pain to Infinite Love. Today, I'm going to tell you a little bit about me, my story, who I am, and what I went through in terms of dealing with my emotional pain and how I came to find and be inspired to create this podcast and what the intention is around it. So I was born and raised in New York City, first generation American. My parents are from Guinea, West Africa, and I have two little brothers. And I had a pretty traumatic, painful childhood. Uh, My parents did the best that they could. However, I had this big wound. I just never felt loved by my family. And it created this big deficiency in me. And one of the reasons why I bring this up is because this wound pretty much shaped my entire life and in the decisions I made, how I interacted with people and the events that have happened as I grew up to reinforce this wound. So let me start from the beginning. I was a very intelligent, very hyper, very active, inquisitive child. And I just never quite fit in. Like I just didn't really make friends easily. I just felt very awkward. And my parents' um, child rearing style was to beat the crap out of me. And as a sensitive child, it just never resonated. It was just so painful and I felt so betrayed by my parents because I just didn't understand why it needed to be so cruel. And I, there was a part of me that died. I just felt so betrayed by, by God or the divine or the universe. But I, I mean, I usually refer to the divine energy as God. I felt so betrayed. I felt like I had killed someone. I murdered a mass amount of people. I must have been a a pimp or something evil to be brought to the family that I was brought to. That literally was my whole mindset as a child. I felt like I was a bad person because of the situation that I was in. So I even when I was eight years old, I tried to kill myself. I was so depressed that I just couldn't understand why I would be in a situation where I felt so unloved and so unsupported and so unseen. And I just wanted to die. That was essentially, as a kid, I just was so, I felt like I did something really bad. And of course, as I got older, I started to see things differently, but in the moment, that was my pain. And because of I had that huge pain of feeling unconditionally not loved, I created situations that enforce that idea. 
So I would make friends with them, with people in school and all of a sudden they would stop talking to me or they wouldn't be there for me or they would just disappear, reinforcing the idea that I'm undeserving of love. I would date a guy and he would do something disrespectful or mean or, or I would get sexually assaulted and then again it would reinforce I am not loved. Uh, of course, I would fall. I fell in love with my first boyfriend, and it was like magical, and in my mind. And of course, he, I said I love, I love you, and he said thank you, and that was devastating, because it reinforced that no one could love me. So life goes on and on and on in this way, and I leave New York City as a 24-year-old to come to California to continue my acupuncture degree. And one of my intentions of leaving New York and moving to California was to find my power and to find my heart and to fall in love with myself. Because I realized at 24 that nobody's gonna love me unless I love myself unconditionally. So that was my beginning of my journey about 14 years ago of learning how to fall in love with me. And that led me to many different insights and aha moments that I'm going to share. But this year, 2020, was the year that all of my self-love, work, spiritual quests, understanding myself, it kind of all came together. Because 2020 hit, pandemic hits, and all of a sudden, I am faced, like everyone else is faced, with our mortality. I could die. I mean, I could die at any moment. I could have always died at any moment. And I wanted to die for most of my life up until 2009. I was suicidal up until, this is a side note. I was suicidal up until 2009. My car went over a cliff, legitimately dove off a cliff 30 feet and was stopped by a pile of dirt that stopped the car and I was so ready to die when I was in my car, I didn't even panic. I literally was in the car and I was like, oh, I'm going over a cliff. I guess this is my day to die. Hmm. And I was so peaceful. Then the car stopped and I was so shocked that the airbags didn't go off. I had no injuries. The car just stopped. And when the car got removed, I had to climb up the hill to get help. And when the car got removed, literally, if it was like two feet to the left or two feet to the right, it would have gone down the mountain and I would have been in the ravine and I would have surely died or been very, very injured. And when the car stopped in that moment, it was like, this is not your time to die. You are not meant to die. Stop it. And I've never thought about dying again because I was so grateful to be alive. And that totally shifted my whole perspective on, okay, I'm in, I'm in the world. I'm, in, I'm alive. What's my purpose? Now it's 2009. And at that time, I had friends, um, dear friends, tell me that one of my purposes is to offer unconditional love to others. And at 2009, I heard that. I, think, I forget how old I was. I think I was 29. And I was like, nah, how could I unconditionally love people when I don't even know what unconditional love means? Right? So this is from 2009 to 2020. I'm figuring out what does it mean to love people, to love myself, like what is the whole concept of love mean, means? And 
thankfully and gratefully, I have amazing teachers and mentors and friends and coaches and people in my life to help me understand what that means to be unconditionally loving. So that's been the journey. So 2020 hits and I'm, you know, working on myself, doing all the things to do. And I was like, oh my God, I could die. And if I die in this year, 2020, from whatever, pandemic, car accident, anything, what is, what's my legacy? Like, what am I going to, I'm going to go to heaven. If there's heaven, I'm going to go to the other side, walk into the light, whatever it is. I'm going to go on the other side and be like, what did I do? What did I do on planet earth? What did my, did my soul fulfill its mission? Was, did I live a full life? Did, was I happy? Was I, did I fall madly in love with life and partners and friends and people? Like, what did I do? And honestly, I was like, I, I didn't do anything. Like I, by, two, by the beginning of this year, I was like, oh my God, I have not done anything. I, I mean, I've done a lot, but I haven't really tapped into the essence of who I am yet. And so then that shifted everything. Cause I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna die. So before I die, let me do as much as I can before I leave the planet. So then I started digging. I was like, okay. So my biggest wound is not feeling loved, right? And to me, that's just like, you know, it's like, it's an arrow in your heart, in my heart anyway. So I couldn't really start there. So I decided to start on other wounds that I had in my childhood and really start to understand what the gift was because one of my friends told me something that really sparked something in me and he said that everything that happened to me in my whole entire life was for me not against me and i was thinking okay so if that's the case then my painful childhood my adolescence my teenage years my heartbreak being born black like all of this is here for me so what does that mean so I was like, okay, if this is all here for me, then let me start dissecting these emotional traumatic situations and find what the gift is, right? What is the gift in these painful situations? Because my story was that God doesn't love me. And if God doesn't love me and doesn't care about me, he's put me in all these painful situations. And that's not correct. So if everything, if God loves me, and is here for me, that that would mean all these painful situations were there for a reason and there's a lesson that I need to learn and there's also a gift within these painful situations. So then I started looking. And so the first place I looked at was the physical um, abuse. So being physically beaten as a child and in my mind it felt like torture, though I don't think my parents would say they tortured me. But in my mind, it was pretty extreme. So I started to, started to dissect like what happened to me. And I don't remember most of my childhood. I have to say like I have like bits and pieces of my childhood because I really at some point shut it down because it really was so painful. I just have erased the whole thing out of my mind. So... I started to go back to the parts that I could remember, right? Just thinking about, okay, like, what did I, what did this situations, they were painful, they brought me down, There's, we can list the whole negative encyclopedia of what happened to me there, right? 
So the positive, of course, is much more difficult to really start to see because it's so painful, right? But I, I, but I worked at it. I worked at it. I'm like, okay, so what's the positive places in these moments? And this is what I found. So being physically hit all the time makes you very strong. I survived. You know, I survived. And there are millions, if not billions of people out there that have gotten physically assaulted, physically beaten by friends, family, lovers, etc., strangers. And millions of those people die. And there's millions that survive, right? So I survived. I survived intact. Um, Thank God. So I survived. Second thing is that I, because I got um, abused as a kid, I became very hyper vigilant. And there's a negative aspect to being hyper vigilant because it affects your nervous system and your adrenals and you're always tense and tight, which took me years to unravel. But the positive and the gift in that is that I am really good at reading people. I'm very good at reading people's nuances in their tone, their body language. I can, I know instantly if somebody is a safe person to be around. I mean, my intuition around that is pretty clear because when I was young, I had to figure out my parents. I had to figure out, okay, are they in a good mood? Are they in a bad mood? Um, is this going to, is this going to result in me getting hit? Or like, I always kind of had to figure out like where my parents were at and even my brother. So I was really quite adept at just figuring out the situation. How can I be the most safe? How can, what can I do? What can I say to bring down the situation if it got escalated? Right? So by the time I was 10 years old, I think I got beaten for something. I had decided this is going to be the last time. Like I'm going to figure out my parents so that I'm going to do everything that's right in their eyes so that I won't get beat anymore. And it worked like at 10 years old, I mean, other negative things happened, like I became numb and I didn't want to, I was, I totally locked myself up emotionally and I went down that road. So that wasn't great. But the positive aspect of that is that I'm pretty, very good at containing my emotions. I am very good at reading people. So I, I mean, I'm an empath, so I was able to really be hyper empathic because I can tell, okay, the tone of the voice, this is what's happening. How can I navigate the situation? and keep myself safe. And as an adult, it's a very useful situation to be able to read people, to be able to read the nuances in people's tone of voice, body language, and how they make me feel, testing my safety. So I really feel like, and also being born in New York City, where there's like millions of people, that hypervigilance served me well and kept me safe. And so I would say that was a gift, being able to read people in a different way coming from a place of understanding people's emotional space, especially when it's a negative one. So I, I think that's a wonderful gift that I've used that's helped me and served me in so many ways and kept and kept me safe. And the second thing I've learned, um, when I was looking back was the bullying. So I got bullied so much as a kid in school. So I had my home situation, which never felt safe. And then I would go to school and I love school. I'm a total nerd, straight A student. I love school and school was not safe either because the kids were relentless and I got bullied all the way up until ninth grade. And I got mostly bullied, unfortunately, from 
other black kids because uh, my parents are African, so I didn't grow up speaking like everyone else. My first language was French, and then I learned English when I was five. So I had a little bit of an accent, and I would say things a little funny because my parents were immigrants, so they would say things, you know, not properly pronounced or whatever, and I would kind of speak like my parents. So it was a mess. So I got made fun of for the way I spoke. Um, I got made fun of because of my hair, which I had lots of extensions as a kid. I had a jerry curl face, which was cute, but I don't know. I wouldn't, wouldn't do that again. And I had extensions, so I got made fun of for that. And then I had buck teeth. I wore braces for a few years in high school, so I got made fun of that. The worst was being made fun of for my skin color, being so dark, um, so being call, called like, African booty scratcher, being called ugly, uh, I was called a horse. I mean, I was called everything, monkey. I was called all sorts of things all the time. And I got made fun of the way I dressed, which is part of the reason why I went to Catholic school, so I can wear a uniform and no one could talk about my clothing. Even though when I look back, I was really cute. My parents were fashion designers, so I always had cute clothes, but I wasn't like the cool. I wasn't cool. I just wasn't cool. And it was really, really painful, um, especially in middle school. I got get, being made fun of all the time and being bullied and beat up and fights. And it was just um, reinforcing that nobody loves me and, nobody, and I have nobody. I had no friends. I had no family I can count on. I legitimately felt like a walking zombie in the middle of Times Square because I grew up by Times Square. So I would walk around all these millions of people and feeling like, why am I here? Like, why am I on planet Earth? Like, nobody loves me. I have every day I'm being bombarded either physically, emotionally, something's happening to me. I was never happy. It was just depressing. It was a terrible time. So I'm going back trying to understand, like, what was the bullying there to offer me? Like, what was the gift in the bullying? So I'll tell you the story. When I was ninth grade, I, my first two weeks of school we're at homeroom there's this girl behind me um and i don't even remember her name and i don't even think i remembered her name in the moment because literally it was two weeks of school and she turns to me and is like you're a monkey and i looked at her like so confused and mind you i was 13 years old that summer my mom put me in modeling school um, Barbizon in New York City to help uplift my self-esteem because I was bullied so much that I really felt like I was ugly, I was unattractive, I was super skinny, and I just felt like I'm just this ugly, dark-skinned person. And, and my mom really was in help, trying to help me boost my self-esteem by putting me into this program to help me feel beautiful. And it worked. I definitely, by the end of the summer, I felt better about myself I felt okay like I'm not ugly I could be a model like this is fun I didn't become a model but I I felt like I could have been like it was like I was more I was beautiful enough to be a model right and so I, I walked into my freshman year of high school feeling a bit better about myself not completely but I felt better so when this girl just said you look like a monkey I was looking at her like so confused because mind you, this girl had a huge forehead, like double, a double my size forehead. It was quite large. She was light skinned, um, 
she was actually cute. She was light skin and she had really big, a really big mouth and big gums and little teeth and a big smile. So she actually looked kind of like a monkey, just in terms of her gums and her forehead and her, she had a round face. Um, I mean, I initially wouldn't have thought she was a monkey, but the fact that she called me a monkey, then I looked back at her confused, like, you're calling me a monkey when you actually look like a monkey? And, and I said it very flat and her face kind of drew back and then she didn't say anything. And I don't think she spoke to me the whole four years I was at that school. I don't think we ever spoke after that moment, actually. And in that moment, I got it. I got why people bully because people bully because they have the pain within themselves that they're essentially projecting. Like she was projecting her insecurities about feeling like she looked like a monkey. And then she just called me a monkey to make, put me down to make herself feel better. And in that moment, I totally got it. I was like, oh, okay. So this is what bullying is about. Bullying is about is really just projecting your pain onto others so they can feel worse and you can feel superior. And ever since that moment, bullying stopped. I never got bullied again after that moment because I really truly got it. I was like, okay. And it also, because my self-esteem was higher, I didn't, I didn't take it. I didn't attack her. Like normally when I was younger, if you said something like that to me, I would attack you and we get, we start arguing and fighting. And the next thing you know, we're rumbling on the floor. This time I turned around and I was like, I know I don't look like a monkey. So you can stop calling me that. And in that moment it shifted. And that was a huge gift. So when I looked back, I was like, oh my God, like bully, I was being bullied because I, I didn't feel, I didn't feel anything. I was totally numb and I didn't feel like I was beautiful or anything. I didn't feel, so when people called me that, it just reinforced like, yes, I don't feel beautiful. Yes, I don't look, like it just kept reinforcing all that negativity and all that negativity. And when I was able to rise above that and see something positive about myself, then the bullying just felt very like, very, it was just like, what's happening? No, 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 I don't believe that. And that's not my story. So that was extremely powerful. So I was like, okay, that was a huge gift that God gave me in that moment. Um, cause it told, it shifted my perspective for life. So then I was like really feeling inspired by this investigation of like the ways that God loves me. And then I think about, there's so many ways, there's so many things that have happened to me that could have been worse. And that was like, okay, God saved me there. The car accident's one of them, right? That was pure divine intervention, I swear. Like, I can't even describe to you the scene. Because if you saw the scene, you would have been like, whoa, you totally had some guardian angels. And there were a lot of things that have happened to me in my life that literally I was like, I felt like God just, whoop, just let me just snatch you and save you from this moment. So I was like, oh my God, God has loved me my entire life has been fully supported. I've had amazing guides. I've had amazing teachers. I've had, I wouldn't say friends because they didn't feel like friends, but I did have some kind moments with students growing up. So it wasn't all bad when I started to really look deeply into my childhood, which I had for so many years was like a dark hole of like sadness and depression. So then I get to the big wound, not feeling loved. And then I really started to see all the places I haven't felt love, but then all the places I have felt love. And then I came to the realization that my purpose is in fact 
to help people feel unconditionally loved because I felt so unconditionally loved for so long that I never, ever, ever want anyone to feel that level of pain. So it is, it is my deepest pain is my greatest strength because I went through so much that now I am choosing to do the opposite because I, I understand that feeling and I don't want anyone to feel that way. I want people to feel totally loved, totally supported, totally free to be fully themselves and accept. And I want to be the person that accepts you for who you are because I accept me for who I am. And I just want to teach people about love and how they can love themselves and share that love with others. So love isn't just a word. It's, it's more like a medicine. It's like this frequency of energy that can really shape who you are in a completely different way. And I firmly believe that because it happened to me. Like legitimately, there's no way of explaining who I was as an adolescent or even in college um, unless you knew me back then. I think if, the, if, my, if my friends or people that knew me back then saw me today, they would probably be like, whoa, you're a completely different person. Because I really truly learned how to love myself for real. Like how to really have self-compassion, self-acceptance, self-understanding, and really taking that love for myself to be able to then love others. So there's no way that I was able to receive love or be in love back in the day when I thought I was in love with my boyfriend at the time, my ex, because I didn't love myself. Like I was putting all this pressure on the relationship to fill this hole in me, this gap, which is nobody can do that. Like that's the love that comes from within. And it's still a journey. Like I'm still learning how to love myself more, how to take care of myself more, how to be more compassionate, how to stop stop the self-judgment. I mean, it's an endless journey of learning and unpacking of what does it mean to open up your heart, to love people, to love yourself, like what are good things I can do in the world. So it's a daily choice um, and I'm totally here for the ride and just understanding how to be a better human on the planet. So then I'm having this re revelation. I'm like, okay, I'm here to love people. Like, what do I do? And I literally woke up one morning, was like, infinite love show. And I'm like, infinite love. Like, what do I, what do I talk about besides love? I'm just like, okay, I'm going to talk about love. So then I wanted to do a podcast from the jump. I was like, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do videos. I'm going to do YouTube. But then the creepy, creepy fear set in. And I was like, mm, maybe not. Honestly, I've been wanting to do a podcast for like, five years. I bought a mic. I bought lights, which I'm using right now. Years ago, I bought it all. I bought it all. And I had researched how to do podcasts. I even went to a few meetups. Nothing. I just didn't do anything. So then I woke up one morning and I think it was in May and I was like, okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to do an Instagram live because Instagram live felt like a stepping stone to doing a podcast. So I started doing Instagram Live on Thursdays at four and I was inviting my friends to talk about things that they loved. So the first, the initial premise of the show was to talk about all things love, like everything that you love, I love, you know, we're just going to talk about what makes us passionate and excited to be alive. So that's my Instagram Live and it's still up on my Instagram page if you ever want to check it out. Um, my Instagram handle is CorinneJCamara.com. Just Corinne J. Kamara. 
And yeah, so I did that and it was great. And eventually I ran out of friends that I, I wanted to invite. I mean, I probably could have figured out more, but then I was like, you know what? I'm ready to do a podcast. I'm ready to just step into my fears and do what I've always wanted to do, which is a podcast and like a video series such as I'm doing right now. But then I felt a little broad <laughs> talking just about love, like what's specifically about love. And then at the same time, I was going through this process as this process of unraveling what my purpose is and what it means to be unconditionally loving and that whole world. And then I decided to make the show, the infinite love show about going through emotional pain, realizing the strength that you've gained from that pain and turning that strength into a purpose, which means you go out there and you help people into something similar. So the show, the show is going to showcase people from all walks of life, Often case they're healthcare providers because healthcare providers are usually the ones that go through something, a healing crisis, and then are able to then pull people up, which is my case, right? I'm an acupuncturist. I'm also an energy medicine practitioner. I have studied nutrition forever. I'm plant-based. So I've been on this journey of health and, ho and holistic living since I was 20, so almost 20 years of figuring out my diet, becoming an acupuncturist, just living a life of health and wellness and mindfulness and meditation and yoga and juicing, all of that. And I know for me, my emotional space had a lot to do with my physical symptoms. So when I was young and depressed, I had chronic stomach pain, I had acne, I had terrible menstrual cramps. In my 20s, I had chronic fatigue. I had chronic headaches. I had all these chronic health conditions that the doctors were not really helpful with. They were like, oh, take ibuprofen or take, go on the pill or, because they were not like life-threatening illnesses, but they were so chronic and debilitating. Like when I was in my twenties, I slept for like 10 to 12 hours a day and I was still, um, and I was still depressed and still tired. Like there was no way of me being able to break out of that and it wasn't until i started to change my diet which helped diet helps it helps for sure like going plant-based and moving and yoga and all of that but it wasn't until i started unraveling the emotional aspect of my pain that the physical stuff really started to click in like this year i probably have more energy than i've ever had in most of my 30s like chronic fatigue or always being tired, lethargic has been something I've battled with for years, years to the point where I was just like, well, maybe I'm just going to always have low energy and just, I'm just going to have to live my life like this. Cause I had just surrendered to the fact that maybe I just won't have energy. I mean, it was that bad. And I mean, I never went to the doctor and got like formally diagnosed because, um, I just don't go to doctors in general unless I'm in the emergency room. But I had all the symptomologies of, of chronic fatigue. And what shifted it was me, my emotional space. Like I was doing a lot of self-love, self-compassion, and self-fulfillment. Like what's going to make me happy? And if I'm chronically fatigued, fine. Okay, what's, what am I going to do anyway and be happy? What's going to bring joy to my life? And slowly over the years, I would say the last couple of years, few years, my energy has come back slowly and slowly. And of course, eating well, eating 
more fruits and vegetables, eating foods that have more electrolytes and more electricity, like fruits and juices and all of that totally has absolutely helped. But it was the emotional work that really was that last puzzle piece. So because I've gone through all that, of course, that's what I help my clients with, right? So clients that are in these spaces of emotional turmoil, their health is failing, nothing's working. Those are usually my people, right? The empaths, the highly sensitive ones that are are having a hard time navigating being on the planet and are getting all these weird health things and nobody can figure it out and they feel heavy and lethargic and depressed or anxious. That was me. I was I was right there with you. So I feel like I really resonate with those types of um, clients and people because I've walked the walk, right? And a lot of the people that come on the show are going to be people that are helping others walk the walk that they've gone through. Like we're going to have people talking about betrayal and miscarriages and um, autoimmune disorders and just ways that you can go into your heart and change who you are and find ways of healing that are not necessarily always food, supplements, herbs, or drugs. There's the love piece. There's the emotional piece that really shifts your life into moving from a place of pain into a place of strength. And that pain is such a useful skill. So I think a lot of us, when we're in pain, we don't want to feel it. It becomes something we avoid. But if you're able to push past it, there's such an amazing gift at the end of that road or journey that can really utilize, you can really utilize that gift to transform your life in ways that you could never imagine. And in a lot of ways, it's like a gift. It's a miracle when you're able to push past these moments and use that as fuel to help you move your life into a different level. And that's essentially what the show is, how to spread love, infinite love, because I feel like love is infinite and also it's unconditional and it spreads. The more you love others, the more people love you, that you can spread happiness and joy. And it doesn't necessarily always have to be so obvious, just smiling, being kind, a kind word, a kind gesture. There's so many ways that we can spread love in the world, and that's my mission, to spread more unconditional love in the world, to help people feel inspired and motivated that no matter what they're going through in this moment, that there's still ways that they can get help and seek help and find support and use their own self-love and their own intuition to help them move forward. So the podcast is about empowering, it's about loving people, it's about sharing love, it's about sharing kindness, it's about sharing all the good things that life has to offer because life is really challenging and it's really painful a lot of the time. So it's important to hold on to these beautiful changes, these beautiful loving moments that happen that a lot of us don't really realize or we all take for granted, but they're there. And even in my darkest moments, there are still moments of goodness in those moments. And it's constantly reminding myself and reminding others that um, there's love out there and there are people that love you. I love you. And there are people that support you and care for you and want to see you succeed and want to see that you're happy. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and enjoyed learning a little bit about me. I am so excited for this podcast and I'm so excited about what, how's it going to grow? This is the first season. So we'll see 
how this podcast grows and I appreciate you listening and tuning in. Please subscribe <laughs> and share the podcast with others. You know, it's it's new, it's my baby, so you know, it's going to it's going to have its moments, so I'm my intention is this, to have this podcast grow and touch as many people's lives as humanly possible. So thank you again for listening. Have a beautiful day and I'm sending you lots of infinite love. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.